Hello, Jesse. How you doing? I'm okay, Katie. Um, which update do you want first? Bird War? Up- well, I want to hear. I want to hear about prison, of course. <laughs> prison continues to be great. I don't understand why everyone complains. It is <laughs> again. I this is the structure I needed. <laughs> HIPAA prison is particularly soft because all they do is they tell you private medical information about other prisoners, <laughs> and if you keep it a secret, um, you get out early on good behavior. Really, I'm surprised. That must be hard for you. I, I would, I, well, so example, so for example, my my cellmate Ronnie has really bad herpes. Uh, <laughs> oh shit, fuck! You weren't supposed to say that, were you? Don't tell anybody. <laughs> this isn't go- this, this isn't going out to anybody, right? This is just practice. This is just practice. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm actually in Boston. Also and known there's as a prison. lot going on. Also, <laughs> Boston to many people is a sort of prison. Do you want which update do you want first? The uh, three choices: Bird Wars. Temperature, <laughs> local politics. Okay, let's start in order of how much I care. Huh? Uh, okay. None of them. Okay, let's start with bird wars. Okay, so it appears the pigeon wars back in Brooklyn are drawing to a close. However, <laughs> this is going to sound made up. My first night morning back in the Boston suburbs, I'm awoken to the sound of a woodpecker. Oh, God. So there's a woodpecker nesting very close to my childhood bedroom. The pigeons, I think, are under control. I can confirm this, and I'll definitely do an update when I'm back in Brooklyn. Now I'm dealing with a woodpecker. Did the pigeons send the woodpecker? I was going to say, I think what happened, this is going to sound a little bit weird. I think the pigeons telepathically communicated with a Boston-based woodpecker and dispatched it here to torment Birds me. do that. But, uh, if there's any ornithologist listening, let me know if that makes sense. I'm sure it does. That is what they mean by tweeting. <laughs> the, the pigeons tweeted at the woodpecker. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other thing I wanted to say, two other things. One is whenever I'm in Boston, I go to boston.com, our local news source, Incredible local stories. Border Patrol uncovers, quote, elaborate human smuggling scheme in Maine. So that Ooh. sounds pretty bad. <laughs> do you know what the um do you know what the old man of the mountain is in New Hampshire? No. It's his dumb rock that looks like a dude. New Hampshire state rep compares old man of the mountain collapse to the twin towers. Wait, the the mountain co- collapsed? Like the face collapsed off the mountain because of erosion. Uh, uh and then Springfield College mascot spirit hit by dining hall worker. So there's a lot to going on here over here. Okay, so are you reading me the three headlines from Boston.com? I didn't really understand where that was going. Well, I, I already sent you the best one, which is Somerville celebrates another first for polyamorous oh, yeah. people. You did send me that. Somerville, Somerville has amended its local order. This is literally... Do you remember in 2006 when the dumb conservatives fighting gay marriage were like, what's next? 12 people get married? And we were like, no, that's ridiculous. Not so dumb, were they? Not so dumb. I'm a right-wing conservative now. Oh, also, the other thing you should know, here's why Boston could ban the sale of guinea pigs. So if you're planning on coming to Boston and selling or buying guinea pigs, just know that that might be happening. What about the human smuggling? I'm sort of uh, stuck on that one. Uh, I haven't looked into it. It doesn't sound important. More importantly (laughs) than human smuggling, last night, I got up to go to the thermostat in my dad's house and adjust the temperature. I touch it. It falls to the ground, breaks in a dozen pieces, and we oh, had God. no heat. And that's why I had to delay recording this because Manny from some company came and replaced the thermostat. Shout out to Manny. You just need to have a little uh, little fire in your going on in your studio. That's what I do for heat. Katie, what is the name of this increasingly hypothermic podcast? This is Blackton Reported, and I'm Katie Herzog.
And I'm Jesse Single, and we're now on Riverside because we refuse to pay for Zencaster. We're just trying to make us pay. People aren't going to know what that means. It doesn't matter. Anyway, Katie, you also wanted to share some stuff with me. This is a two-way street. Yeah, Jesse, I would like to uh, institute a new segment called Here's What You Missed on Twitter. What do you think about that? Here's what Oh, wait. Should we not talk about the results of the poll? Well, I... I don't want to if we have to. I guess for okay. like if we're if we're going to be a transparent democracy, we probably should. Okay, please explain what you did. Tell the people what I did. That's a broad question. I yeah, did a lot tell of them things. what you did. Um, after I left Twitter, I we did an episode about it, and I did a poll called "Okay, Let's Put It to a Vote." It says in all caps, non-binding for informational purposes only. Should I give you the question was should I give you the keys to my Twitter account? Um, and unfortunately. We got Fortunately. more than 2,700 votes. 72% give her the keys. 28% no, don't do it. Stay away entirely. Stay away from Twitter entirely. I'm not giving you the keys, but this is interesting because it means – Jesse, why would you do the poll? Why would you do the poll if you weren't going to give me the keys? What's the point of this? This proves that two-thirds of our audience, and there's no polite way to say this, are idiots – and I don't like them. You are just as bad as Elon Musk. You remember when he put up that Twitter poll, should I leave Twitter? 72% of people said yes, leave Twitter. And he's still the head of Twitter. This is you. But he didn't say he didn't say it was non-binding, which I put in all caps, which makes it legally binding. This is why people don't trust the media. I'd be violating HIPAA if I made this a binding poll. Okay, well, regardless, you've missed a lot on Twitter this week. Although I'm not really sure that you have missed a lot on Twitter because I uh, received the following message in my inbox a couple days ago. Jesse, maybe you can explain this. New login to Twitter from Chrome desktop on Windows. We noticed a login from your account at the bar pod from a new device. Was it you? New location login. Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> Anything uh, you want to say there, Jesse? I mean, the honesty I want to say is we should probably hire a social media manager because otherwise our stuff isn't going to get tweeted out. Uh, no, I don't think that's what people were looking for. What are you doing, Jesse? What are you doing on the app? I'm tweeting out our work on at barpod.org. You are on Twitter. Or at the barpod. You are on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. Hey, go to so go to at the barpod. No. I, I have never checked our I've never checked our Twitter account and I'm never going to. We went I think we went like a couple months without tweeting out our episode. There was like a gap there, so I was uh I'm sure that there is some way just to make it an auto feed. Well, I was trying to do that on Substack, but I couldn't really get it to work. Wait, it wasn't that big yet. The point is you have been logging in. Oh, yeah, there was. February, dude, February 21st to March 10th, no one tweeted at all from Blot at the Bar Pod. So I was just trying to fix that. Isn't that Trace's job? We should add that to his, to his list of things to do. No. Well, Trace <laughs> has like 20 jobs and he's very good at them, but we're not, we are not good employers. Okay. So uh, you might not have actually missed this on Twitter because clearly you have access to the app, but there is something I, uh, I wanted to point out. I'm not going to tell you this because I want you to come back to Twitter, although I do want you to come back to Twitter. I, I just I just want you to see what you're missing. So this was posted on YouTube a few weeks ago, but it just caught traction on Twitter this past week. And it's a live stream from a channel called Linus Tech Tips. Have you ever heard of that? I mean, no. Isn't Linus some tech thing? Yeah, Linus Tech Tips. You got nice. it. Context clues. It's hugely popular. It has over 15 million followers. And this particular show, it's a guy named Linus Sebastian and a guy named Luke Lafreniere. And they discuss tech news. And here's this clip. I mean, it's been it's been kind of uh, it's been kind of eye opening. I I've I've just sort of randomly here and there picked up episodes of you know old shows that I hadn't watched in a long time from like the early two thousands, and just the casual um, the the casual sort of gay humor 
casual use of the hard R. Um, oh, really? It's jarring. Yeah, it's it's jarring now. And for casual n- use of hard R. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, like okay, uh, it was an episode of American Dad, and it was just really? like, yeah, it wasn't for shock value. It was just, just like used. Whoa! Right. Well, I mean, here's the thing, right? That was in like, 2003 or something, like yeah. 2002. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deny that I dropped my fair share of hard R's back then because we didn't even the, the term hard R didn't even exist. We didn't think about it, right? And it's funny because to me, that doesn't feel like that long ago. But to my kids... Are you talking like N-word hard R? <laughs> what? No. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's how people use that term. I see no. where this is going. I think that's so. the N-word. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? <laughs> so Am I mistaken? I think I'm so, so confused about what the hard R is. No, the, the, one, the one with the... Uh, like for like mental disability i'm pretty sure people use hard r in a very different way than you do <laughs> the other guy looks so confused katie oh okay either hard way. r means ending i understand the i understand i understand what you mean no i'm not talking about that okay cool so i'm glad that i'm we freaking neo that over here dude we're dodging bullets that yeah. was bad <laughs> okay yes <laughs> all right <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> okay katie that, that was awesome um but why do, i don't need it i you said that to me this is how things should work you should if you see something i would like no send me a text no. and be like check this out no i don't need to be on twitter to see this i am not going to be your personal concierge for twitter content and i'm Dude. also not going to be dming random people Jesse, oh my God. who you want uh, me to fucking dm can, for some unknown reason can you do me a favor and um no. i'm i'm taking a screenshot now of the dude in pink's look <laughs> Just put this in the show. We're going to put this in the show. Or I'll oh, put yeah. it in the show notes. Um, <laughs> that, this is, should be a meme. The guy in the pink is so uncomfortable <laughs> and confused. Oh, man. All right. I'm a big fan of Linus Tech Tips, I guess. This this got even weirder because it turns out that Brianna Wu also doesn't know what that – like also thought that the hard R was retard. You just said – the R word with the hard ending R instead of retarded like yes. they do here, which is fine. We thought. We thought. So, so Brianna Wu also thought. So she. This is how I found this because I went to look at Brianna Wu's Twitter. Hold on, hold on. For- I need to reset the day episode since we last <laughs> didn't mention Brianna Wu back to zero. Where okay, go. And the reason I went to her Twitter account against all better judgment is because of some shit that happened uh, well, that we talk about on our next Primo episode. And she was also surprised. She also thought that hard R meant retard. Katie, everything you just described of you watching this, then you go into Brianna. Do you know what <laughs> I was doing while you? Do you know? Do you know what I was? doing while you're doing all this yeah you were tweeting from the bar pod account i was reading philosophy oh sure you were Netchi, socrates all the greats <laughs> you're, you miss philosophy twitter so much that you're reading actual philosophy this is sad philosophy twitter is low-key one of the worst twitters it's so weird that like which twitters are are worse than others anyway that was an amazing clip but thank you for showing it to me without me having to go back on twitter which proves my original point that <sighs> I don't need to be on you will be back soon by the way jesse they're taking away the blue check as of as of April 1st, which means that... What do you mean? They're taking away the legacy blue check. So how do we get a blue check? You pay for it. Who am I if I don't... Do I, well, I, does me in real life continue to exist if I don't have a blue check? You don't exist, period, because you're off Twitter. But they're taking away the blue checks as of April 1st. Jesus. Which means that April 1st, as of April 1st, someone is going to start a new account, a Jesse Single account, 
buy a blue check and you will have an impersonator. It might be me. It might not be me. I'm just saying. Come back to Twitter to find well, out. I still own. I still own at Jesse Singer. I'm not worried about that. You do. You do for 30 days after you. For a year? No, it's for a year. Phoebe lost hers after 30 days. No, I need an email. A nice listener warned me about this. When you these days, if you deactivate, there's a little thing you select: 30 days or a year. And I selected a year. Wait, 30. You you have the choice to hold your account for. You have the choice of how long okay. they want. Yeah. Well, you will not be gone for a year. No fucking way. Um, I don't think I'll be gone for a year. Anyway, that was great. I don't need to come back on Twitter. Um, the only other okay, there was one time recently when I wished I was on Twitter. The pasta TikTok. You've seen this, right? Of course, because I'm on Twitter. So I, there's a lot of stuff on the internet that upsets me, like racism, sexism, homophobia, all the phobias. This really got under my skin because. Um, for those who haven't seen it, it's literally just a woman grinding up dry pasta, uh, spaghetti, I think, and she breaks it up and puts it in a blender, blends it into a powder. So spaghetti in powder form is just flour and egg. And then she takes the same process. It's really easy to make pasta. I've done it. I haven't done it well, but you just take um, a bunch of flour, you make a well in the middle, crack some eggs in there, and then you beat the egg slowly outward into the flour. You make a dough ball, you let it sit, blah, blah, blah. She just does that whole process that she could have done with flour, but she just added the extra step of pulverizing dried pasta. And it's it's bizarre because there's just no reason to do that. There's no – unless it's like – maybe if you're like trapped under 10 feet of snow and all you have is – I'm trying to just trying to think of any situation where you would do that because even in that situation, why wouldn't you just – heat up the pasta you have if you i I don't get it okay first of all it seems obvious she's doing it because it's great content that spreads really far and wide because idiots like you get pissed pissed about it second of all if you want to make hand pasta you take the spaghetti you take your dried spaghetti grains and you're right you don't put them in a blender like she did if you want to be fresh pasta you have to use a mortar and pestle that's how you grind it up then you mash some avocado in there no don't be crazy don't be crazy it was so weird it's really just I'm I, I'm not making a new point. I found that so disturbing. It's been sort of haunting my dreams. I think it somehow drew the woodpecker to me, how upset I was about that. Jesse, you're giving this way too much thought. This is clearly designed to go viral. And I can think of somebody who actually would do this. Who? Jack Monroe. I, it was, first you want to take the pasta. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. That was British Ron DeSantis. Yeah. <laughs> wait, was it British drag queen Ron DeSantis or just British Ron DeSantis? British J.K. Rowling, John DeSantis. <laughs> British J.K. Rowling. I'm the governor and I wrote Harry Potter. Yeah. Jack Monroe, I'm sure, is seething that this woman thought of this first. <laughs> does this does this, does this, this make you support the TikTok ban? Oh, definitely. I mean, take the, whoever created TikTok should be summarily executed. This made me want to be on Twitter a little because Twitter is at its best when it's just everyone making fun of something harmless like that. You think this was harmless? <laughs> well, except to Italians. It was a hate crime to Italians. Can we talk about the TikTok ban for a second? Well, I don't know anything about it, but go for it. Okay. So I, I, I don't know enough about it to make a judgment on whether or not I think it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. Also, but, where are – I mean, fill me in. Where are – I mean, who wants to be – There were congressional hearings yesterday. The the CEO of TikTok – Dr. TikTok Dr. TikTok testified? Does Boston.com not have this on the headlines? No. There's too much human trafficking and <laughs> casual Boston racism. Okay. This is being de- – this is being actively debated in Congress right now. However, I don't think it'll happen because I think it is a losing political position if these parties want to attract young voters. Like they've already banned cotton candy vapes. <laughs> and if they ban Gen Z's favorite app, we're going to get a bridge too far. Yeah, an influx of influencers coming out of libertarians, which actually then I think it would be sort of amazing. Like 
like, can you imagine the uh, – you remember the OK Boomer Girl? Yeah. It's like a hot girl wearing a Bernie shirt, dancing around. But instead of that, she's wearing a Don't Tread on Me flag and she's ranting about income tax. Oh, God. I, I actually would love that. So I think I'm I'm now in favor of the band. Plus, the other thing would be that all of these lunatics on TikTok doing fake Tourette's videos, they would come over to Twitter where I could see them. So uh, I'm coming out in favor of the band. The one other thing that I need to mention about Boston.com is that it has it has like a love advice column, but it's like a much more PG version of Dan Savage. So like the current one on the homepage is just he visited escort websites. Ooh, the websites. Dan Savage would be like, why don't you go with him and have a 12 sub? <laughs> Surf together. Sh- should we uh, get to the meat of this episode? Yes. What's our meat today? The the tasty cream in the middle. No, oh, that was disgusting. Gross. The salami. The the viscera. Uh, Katie, today I'm going to tell you about a very talented young man named Joshua Browder. What is that? What what associations does that name cause in your head? Well, Joshua, that's a name from the Bible. Do it well so far. And Browder, that's that's a um a, that's a, a NFL football team, the Browders. Yep, the Cleveland Browders. Yeah, and that's all I got. Okay, so it's like a biblical football story, probably. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I should have mentioned that we have a new contractual thing where we need to pad out episodes to two and a half hours. So. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's start over. Katie, what is your experience with parking tickets? I feel like you're someone who probably gets a lot of parking tickets. I think I've gotten one maybe in my life, and I was able to talk myself out, of, talk my way out of it. That doesn't track. You don't see. Oh, just because like you, you and your wife both lost your wallets. I feel like you're not. You're organized enough that you don't get parking tickets. I, we didn't both lose our wallets. She lost both of our wallets. You lost both no, of the wallets. No. You lost both of the wallets. She, by the way, she wanted me to. I talked about this on the on a prior show after it happened. She wanted me to to explain that the reason that she put my wallet on top of the car was because we were staying at a hotel and a trucker came out with his lady friend for hire. And they had a really pleasant conversation about the dog. And so she was distracted by the trucker and the hooker and the dog. And that's why she put it on the car and drove away with it. She just wanted to make make sure everybody knew that, that it wasn't totally totally her fault. It was really the trucker and the hooker. Well, that's a lovely it's a lovely fam- family-friendly <laughs> story. Um, Oklahoma was weird. Okay. Unlike you, I've gotten a number of parking tickets over the years. I'm dumb. I made the terrible choice of having a car with me in New York, which was stupid. Parking tickets are actually fairly easy to contest if you know what box to check, what arguments to make. Yeah, you just walk up to the non-binary they them who gave you the ticket and you say, "Hey, <laughs> why? Are, this is why I'm off Twitter because you just like the the extent to which you're poking that bear." Why? I'm not poking the bear. This is how I got out of the one the one parking ticket that I ever got. Oh, that's an actual story. You're not being hateful. No, this really happened. No, this was in Asheville. Yeah, this really happened. Oh, so what'd you say? Well, I just let them think that because I had short hair, I'm one of them, and they said okay, and took the parking ticket away. Is that legal to lie to a cop about being Co- parking? Cops aren't cops. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So back around 2016, a young Stanford entrepreneur named Joshua Browder decided to deploy chatbots to help the everyday person more effectively contest possibly unfair parking tickets. Chatbot lawyer, which is a great phrase, overturns 160,000 parking tickets in London and New York, went the headline of a June 2016 article in The Guardian. Here's the top of that article, Katie. An artificial intelligence lawyer chatbot has successfully contested 160,000 parking tickets across London and New York for free, showing that chatbots can actually be useful. 
dubbed as, quote, the world's first robot lawyer, end quote, by its 19-year-old creator, London-born second-year Stanford University student Joshua Browder, Do Not Pay helps users contest parking tickets in an easy-to-use chat-like interface. So the article notes that the bot was created by the self-taught coder after receiving 30 parking tickets at the age of 18 in and around London. 30 tickets, Katie. That's a lot of tickets. Okay, so first of all, do not pay is that that's the name of the of the chatbot? Very straightforward. Do not pay or the app, yeah. Okay, so the app do not pay. So it contested successfully contested 160,000 tickets out of how many tickets? Uh according to the article 250,000, meaning it was successful 64% of the time. Okay, that's impressive and and how does it work? From the Guardian article. Quote, the program first works out whether an appeal is possible through a series of simple questions such as were there clearly visible parking signs and then guides users through the appeals process. Okay, so I'm so this is like an algorithm, it's not like AI, right? Not that sophisticated? No, it's not it's not it's yeah, exactly. It's an algorithm if if you select this, it takes you to that, blah, blah, blah. Not super sophisticated, but you know, it takes advantage of the fact that people don't always know their legal rights and, and even low level, low stakes interactions with the legal system can seem uh intimidating. Like don't quote me on this, but I believe that in many speeding ticket contexts, if you choose to contest your ticket and then you just show up at your hearing at court and the officer doesn't show up, your ticket just gets tossed for free. So people don't know that or they don't have the time to show up. So like that's an example of how if you know the system, you can do better and and do not pay helps people to know the system. Okay. So um, definitely look that up before you take Jesse's legal advice on your, your- It's fine. You can speed all you want and then you just show up in court and it'll be fine. You have to make sure you call the officer's house and tell the officer that there's been a bomb threat somewhere else so he doesn't show up to court first mm-hmm, exactly. um, okay so how popular was the app i mean it, it it got a lot of positive early coverage and and browder's efforts and his acclaim snowball a bit and he's soon taken seriously by some very powerful people uh later on he would say that in 2018 he got a sit down with warren buffett um so he gets more and more ambitious about what he's trying to do and in 2018 he launches a new do not pay app uh, as the website above the law notes the legal actions offered on Do Not Pay, meaning this new version of it, cover an impressive range. One feature allows users to file a claim in any small claims court in the country, including all 3,000 counties in the 50 states. Perhaps even more significant in the current political climate, Do Not Pay includes a service that claims to help users obtain green cards and visas, eliminating the usual service fees. Other service offerings include searching for hidden class action settlements you're owed, fighting credit card and overdraft fees, suing tech companies for data breaches, and collecting money from hotel and airline bookings through price protection guarantees and of course you can still fight parking tickets which is how do not pay got its start in the first place okay so it's expanding into more complicated territory yes more complicated legal territory and that that does cause some raised eyebrows for example uh this above the law article injects a healthy dose of skepticism even in the headline do not pay is the latest legal tech darling but some are saying do not click The author, Steph Wilkins, notes, the app touts its 50% success rate as a selling point, presumably on the theory that for a free app that increases access to justice, good enough is far better than nothing at all. Critics have been quick to point out, however, that good enough doesn't apply in the law. When it comes to protecting your legal rights, you don't get a do-over. For things as important as securing immigration status, which is one of the services do not pay promotes, mistakes can ruin lives. So early on, there are examples, a lot of them on Twitter, of the app apparently not being 100% in tune with the law. And there are just these concerns that like a parking ticket's one thing because the worst outcome is you just have to pay the damn ticket. But maybe you shouldn't rely on the app for like bigger, more complicated things. And and there were some warning signs about this collision of tech bro enthusiasm and the extremely messy and 
you know, hard to navigate American legal system. But despite all this, Browder was just getting started. He keeps aiming higher and higher. This past December, he announces yet another technological leap for the company, this time based on GPT-3 technology. And that's uh, AI tech. Yep. This is the, um, well, they're now at GPT-4, but GPT-3 produced, it was a mixed bag, but some very impressive chatbot interactions. So the Verge reports in December of last year, do not pay the company that bills itself as the world's first robot lawyers launching a new AI-powered chatbot that can help you negotiate bills and cancel subscriptions without having to deal with customer service. Nice. In a demo of the tool posted by Do Not Pay CEO Joshua Browder, the chatbot manages to get a discount on a Comcast internet bill through Xfinity's live chat. So the technological progress here over just six years or so is pretty remarkable. It goes from like a basic app that can deliver on low stakes issues like parking tickets. If users answer some basic questions to an app that can help guide people through somewhat more complex legal wranglings. And, and now to a full blown chatbot that can argue with customer service folks so that you can spend time on Twitter instead. Okay. So it's one chatbot arguing with another chatbot. That's how I'm picturing this. That's where that's where this whole human project was always going to head eventually. <laughs> Long after we're dead, Earth is just going to be a billion chatbots. <laughs> screaming at each other. Not just screaming at each other, uh, having sex with one another, negotiating, forming alliances. <laughs> having babies, baby having chatbots. Having ba- baby chatbots. Um, but Browder, you know, Browder just keeps on going. On January 8th of this year, he informs everyone that the robot lawyer will now be entering the courtroom. This is on Twitter. I don't know what Twitter is, but it sounds important. Quote, <laughs> do not pay will pay any lawyer or person a million dollars with an upcoming case in front of the United States Supreme Court to wear AirPods and let our robot lawyer argue the case by repeating exactly what it says. Oof. Second tweet, we have upcoming cases in municipal traffic court next month, but the haters will say, quote, traffic court is too simple for GPT, end quote. So we are making this serious offer contingent on us coming in a, to a formal agreement and all rules being followed. Please contact me if interested. Is he going to pay a million dollars for that too? I'd get a, a speeding ticket for that. <laughs> no million dollars for the municipal court. I do like the idea of this chatbot like, bleep, bloop, I object. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> stupid. Um, Browder also tweets similar stuff a couple weeks later. A lot of people don't like what he's saying. Uh, they point out that it's both a bad idea and probably not exactly legal to employ the technical term often enjoyed by lawyers. So for one, one example, that seems unethical, says Aaron Walker, an attorney on Twitter. You aren't supposed to be just a puppet for someone or something not admitted to the bar. At the very least, you must disclose it. Uh, Scott Greenfield, who's a lawyer and writer on Twitter who's and blogger uh, who's worth following, he, quote, retweets one of Browder's tweets and just says, today in completely unethical yet moronic law stuff. People also point out a rather straightforward obstacle uh, to Browder's plan. Katie, can you read the note now affixed to the bottom of his January 8th tweet? Yeah. So this is one of those uh, bird bird notes or community notes. I think Elon Musk calls it, which is basically a, a crowdsource correction to a tweet. I think it's called bird bird droppings because it's yeah. just little droppings <laughs> of knowledge. That is good. Uh, the Supreme Court bans any electronic devices from being present in the courtroom while the court is in session, which would presumably mean you can't wear your AirPods in court. Your Honor, my ears just look but, like that. You could maybe get <laughs> I have two white ear tumors. Maybe you could get a uh, a hearing aid that acts as a as an AirPod. So yeah, um, again. It doesn't really seem like Browder has done his research here. It's it's unclear how he could possibly go through with this very bad plan of paying someone a million dollars to use an AI lawyer in Supreme Court proceedings when they wouldn't even be allowed to bring the necessary hardware with them 
into the uh, into the courtroom. This was one of my favorite exchanges on Twitter. Uh, Monero Monero Hornet says probably should just go next level up and take aim at an attorney in district or superior court. Going municipal to Supreme Court is a bit of a leap. Seems reasonable, right? Yeah. Browder's response: Go big or go home. He's like the uh, Pete Buttigieg of uh, of tech boys, tech bros. So the main problem here is obviously the shift from legal tasks that basically just require paperwork to legal tasks that require argument and responding to arguments. I think anyone who has messed around with GPT-3, even if you're impressed with it, you would probably not trust it to argue on your behalf in a court of law, right? Uh, No, you should stick to it for things like writing podcast scripts or college essays, things like that. Yes, exactly. So one person who responds to Browder's later tweets and who becomes a very big character in the story is named Catherine Tucson. She's a paralegal uh, who tweets a lot about uh, legal stuff, police violence, and so on. She's also a skeptic about overhyped AI claims, and, and she's written and podcasted for the site TechDirt. So she, quote, retweets one of Browder's tweets and says, This is a terrible idea, sanctionable, malpractice if you are a lawyer, and probably UPL if you aren't. UPL means unauthorized practice of law. And as both you and I have uh, found out the hard way, you're not allowed to practice law if you're not a lawyer. No, they'll send you to hippo prison for that. You go to hippo prison where all the guards are hippos and your cellmate is also a hippo. (laughs) So in a tweet storm, Tucson also points out some uh, old tweets Browder has deleted. In one, he apparently said that his team had issued a subpoena written by the AI to get an officer involved to appear in court. He deleted that for some reason, which probably suggests it like didn't work out or maybe didn't do it. In another deleted tweet, he says, quote, no, the judge doesn't know, meaning the judge doesn't know about the AI stuff. However, it's not strictly against the rules. Is he sure about that? I love I love like not strictly against the rules is like what you say if you're arguing with family members about what happens if you land on free parking in Monopoly. <laughs> and he's just applying that to like a question of whether something he's doing is like very illegal. So Tucson also finds an interview Browder had already done with Politico that has some damning stuff. Um, it includes him saying that he had found two jurisdictions where his plan was not, quote, outright illegal, suggesting that he knew that in many places it was illegal, and yet he was not really being forthcoming about that. So Tucson decides to take the website for a whirl. Among two other tasks, she asked it to write a fairly basic demand letter. Uh, this does not go well, quote, on Twitter. Let me be clear, this is a terrible demand letter, absolutely terrible, useless or worse than useless. If an actual attorney saw this, she would instantly know that the sender was unsophisticated, unrepresented, and gullible AF. And a demand letter is what? A demand letter, as the name implies, it's like, I'm demanding you do or stop doing something. I think it can cover like a wide range of things. You're not you're not officially suing someone, but a, a demand letter can precede a lawsuit, Uh you know, you're basically saying if you don't do this, you could have legal trouble. So demand letters are sent all the time. And that's the sort of thing where like, if you could automate it, people would probably send a lot, save a lot of money on legal fees because, you know, it can cost hundreds of dollars just to have a decent lawyer sign and write up a demand letter. So um, a lot of one of the themes here is like a lot of the stuff Browder is claiming his software could do would be useful in some cases. And, and, and Mm -hmm. Tucson is open about that. Um, so the demand letter sucks, according to Tucson. She also asks the do not pay to produce two other documents. They just don't show up. Like first it says it'll take hours. Then there's another weird message and they just never show up. By this point, Joshua Browder has blocked Tucson, which is a very not shaded thing to do if someone is you know criticizing your website. Then he unblocks her and DMs her. Hey, thank you for signing up for do not pay. 
we have good intentions and are happy to respond to your feedback. In a sign of just how happy he is to respond to her feedback, he immediately blocks her again. <laughs> Katie, I don't know much about startups. I'm just a simple country podcaster from the backwoods village of Boston. But I feel like if you are running a startup and you're hyping how great your offering is, it's probably not a good sign if you have to type or utter the phrase, we have good intentions. Yeah, maybe not a great sign. Would you say that this podcast has good intentions? No, I would not say that. We would never make that legal sign. <laughs> The very next day, uh, Browder cheerfully tweets, Good morning. Bad news. After receiving threats from state bar prosecutors, it seems likely they will put me in jail for six months if I follow through with bringing oh a God. robot lawyer into a physical courtroom. Do not pay is postponing our court case and sticking to consumer rights. He could be your roommate. I'm sorry, you're silly. <laughs> By Selly. He also announces, quote, we have some incredibly exciting announcements regarding GPT consumer rights products in the next two weeks. I have realized that non-consumer rights legal products, e.g. defamation demand letters, divorce agreements, and others, which have very little usage, are a distraction. So in other words, I think a day, within days, of Tucson pointing out that your basic functionality on these products doesn't work, the head of the company announces, we're not doing these these products anymore. They're not useful anyway. Yeah, exactly. We didn't want to anyway. You can't fire me. I quit. Right. So in the course of trying to take Do Not Pay through its paces, Tucson has created an account on Do Not Pay. Her account gets blocked and the terms like of- can't, like, like they cancel it? Yeah. She's not allowed to access Do Not Pay anymore. Okay. And Browder appears to update the site's terms of service to make it that you're not allowed to do sample requests. Ah, so basically, like whenever Tucson does something exposing how bad the site is, <laughs> he changes the rules. Browder just changes the rules or changes how it works. Uh, so Browder, after this, appeared to go through a period of not tweeting and or locking his account for a period. He's back now. The canceled court appearance gets covered in NPR and elsewhere. Some legal folks really start sinking their teeth in around this time. Scott Greenfield, uh, writing on his site, Simple Justice, lays out some of the problems. Josh Blackman does the same uh, on Volok Conspiracy on Reason. Blackman points out that unauthorized practice of law is a major potential issue here, and he notes that, in fact, uh, a state bar official raised that issue with Browder when telling him to knock off his shenanigans. So at this point, do not pay appears to be teetering. Like It appears Browder has made a number of promises that were – if we're being maximally generous, premature. He keeps saying stuff and then having to backtrack. He has a robot lawyer. His robot lawyer is going to the Supreme Court. It has super cool green neon lasers. None of this is true. But as often seems to be the case when someone is sort of teetering on the brink on the internet, things are about to get worse. But first, we should do housekeeping. Katie, you do it. I'm talking too much. This is a podcast. You can reach us at blockedandreportedpodcast at gmail.com. Is that right, Jesse? Um, blockedandreportedpodcast at gmail.com. That sounds right. That sounds right, yeah. yeah. That is our email address. Uh, you can send us story eyes there, story ideas there. No, story yeah. eyes. Send us, story send eyes us your enemy's eyes that have good stories. We also are on Reddit. Our subreddit is at blockedandreported.reddit.com. Nice. Is that right, is that right Jesse? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to let you do this, like without. It's like a teach a woman to teach a lesbian to fish type of deal. Yeah, teach a woman to do math. <laughs> uh, we also have a merch store. If you go to barpod yep. com, good job. Did you say com or com? You can get hoodies. You Barpodmerch.com. You can get hoodies. You can get tote bags. You can get mugs. You can get 
giant flags with a picture of Jesse's face on them. That might not be in the store yet, but maybe it will be by the time uh, the, the time people hear this. I think you're three for three so far with email addresses and URLs. Let's see if you can finish this up. You can get a giant wrap for your car that's just our logo. That's also uh, for sale at barpodmerch.com or should be. No, it's not. And most importantly, if you go to barpod.org, you can join us as a premium subscriber and get three extra episodes. It's of not Barpod. <laughs> no, you should. Barpod.org is not how you become a primo. That's the merch. Wait. Oh, sh- barpod.org. Blockedandreported.org. No, Barpod.org doesn't exist. Oh, shit. Someone's going to buy Barpod.org. Okay. Blocked and report. Don't, didn't we used to have that? Bleep that out. No. That used it, to be our merch. Got it. It takes you to. Oh, Jesus. It takes you to the deceptive side ahead. Attackers may trick you into doing something. Do not not go to barpod.org. Katie, what the fuck are you doing? Do not go to barpod.org. Oh, my God. If you go to blockedandreported.com, that's it, right? No. Blockedandreported.org. Fuck. Okay. If you go to blockedandreported.org, you can join us and get three extra episodes of this podcast every month for a very small fee. It is the best deal in media. You also get access to our great and growing community. Our comment sections are, I believe, as the children say, off the chain. Do the children say that? I'd like to issue an apology for, <laughs> for Katie's lack of familiarity with the most basic aspects of a podcast that just passed its third year anniversary, which we completely missed. You forgot our you forgot about our anniversary. <laughs> and you did What'd too. you get me? Uh, I paid your bail. <laughs> um Anything else, Katie? This is going horrible. Blockedandreported.org. Yes, blockedandreported.org. Okay, yes. I need to familiarize myself with these URLs at some point. At some point. Thank God (laughs) this is still so cute and endearing that we're incompetent and that nobody's getting sick of it. Uh, Yes, please come join us. We have over 11,000 members now. I'm very surprised by that. It's a milestone. Should we get back to Joshua Browder? Let's get back to it. So things do keep getting worse for Joshua Browder. Um, A lot of this is Catherine Tucson is the best kind of like internet sleuth slash nudge. She gets obsessed with a story and she sinks her teeth into it and she like actually knows how to investigate it. There's other people who have those same qualities of obsessiveness but are crazy <laughs> or incompetent like us. Tucson actually knows how to how to look into Joshua Browder. So on January 29th, she tweets, Joshua Browder, CEO of Do Not Pay, a company that is scrambling in every available direction to keep me from investigating how genuine its claims of using AI are, has a history of trying to power wash his image and gain a little clout. She includes a screenshot from November. Katie, will you read that screenshot? So this is his tweet, and he says, Nobody should have to declare bankruptcy or have their life ruined over medical debt. For every retweet and follow this tweet gets, I will buy $10 of medical debt and forgive it. We'll post receipts. Please don't retweet this too much. So, Katie, based on your – let's do a little really basic math. Based on your understanding Uh-oh. of this tweet, if the tweet just got one like, how much would Joshua Browder spend? $10. And uh, this has at – this, at the time this screenshot was taken, there are 554 retweets, which means that he should have paid $5,540. Well, there's also the likes, so which is what oh, about, likes, which about so. double that. Make it up over $10,000. Oh, yeah. yeah. 590 likes. Yes, that seems clear enough. So uh, this is via RIP Medical Debt, which as far as I know is a pretty legit charity. Actually, I donated to them once. They just – they buy you know, people's medical debt so it can be retired because medical debt can destroy people's lives. Catherine Tucson continues like, apparently he never posted the receipts, which seems about right. But I want to draw attention to something specific about his wording where he says $10 of medical debt. Notice that he does not say he will spend $10 on that medical debt. So – Tucson points out that, um, Katie, if you break your leg on one of your uh, cross-country 
Oregon Trail bullshit, whatever's, uh, and then you fall into debt trying to pay it, your debt can get passed around and sold. And $500 worth of medical debt can come to only be worth like 1% of that, like uh, $5 or whatever, because it's a fucked up country. <laughs> it is a fucked up country because it's unlike, you know, it's unlikely you're going to be able to actually recoup the, recoup the, recoup, recoup the $500 at a certain point. So, right. Tucson points out that like this could be, um, pretty deceptive, uh, phrasing. And he's never posted a receipt. Then he does produce a receipt. And sure enough, the amount he po- he donated was $500. Oh, so, okay. So he didn't pay off $10 of debt. He bought it for like a tenth of the price of the, of the actual cost of the debt. Yeah. And, and so Tucson got a receipt from RIP medical debt themselves. And she also points out that uh, the date on it is January 29th, meaning this happened only after she raised the issue. He did not seem to have any intention of actually making this donation. I love that she got the receipt. Did she use do not pay to get the receipt from a <laughs> she did a, yeah. a demand letter? Um, so that's one thing. That's not good. Also, do you remember that initial claim from back when Browder was a wide-eyed 19-year-old Stanford Wunder kid that he helped contest hundreds of thousands of parking tickets in New York City and London? Yeah, that was in the article that you wrote or that you read. Who's who? What article was that? Who was that by? It was in the Guardian. Okay. So Tucson looks into that. She actually gets some data, and she finds absolutely nothing in the New York City or London data to suggest that anything like this actually happened. Oh wow! How would she get the data for that? She has a tweet storm a link to explaining it. She is like really. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? She doesn't give up. She has stick to it. She has most of the qualities we like. Grit. She's tenacious. Grit. <laughs> Although you're a grit truther. You don't believe in grit. I read that in your book. I hate, I hate grit. So what's kind of amazing about this is that Tucson points out that in the 2016 Guardian article touting this, the Guardian source for this claim, the thing they link to, is a medium post from Browder himself. A medium post that's now deleted. Oh, not good. Uh, did that article itself, did it provide any sort of evidence? You will be not surprised to know that it did not. Tucson uh, found a link to it on the Wayback Machine. It's just a transcript, uh, maybe a partial one, of an interview he did with someone named, Browder did with someone named Andrew Keene for the 2016 TechCrunch Innovate, Innovate's all caps, Summit. There's no data there. He just cites the $4 million figure. He also says he wouldn't be opposed to President Elon Musk. Careful what you wish for. Okay, my God. All right. Nothing that you've said before makes me think that this guy is a complete fucking asshole. Now, now, (laughs) however. As Tucson also notes, he has this batshit insane idea to... I guess there's some context where like HIV positive people have to disclose their status to previous partners. His idea is to do that, but on the blockchain? What? can't even understand it. It just seems horrible. How would that work? Anyway, after after Tucson, <laughs> like, okay, wait, 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 wait. I don't wait, even wait. know. Do you, okay, do you do you give somebody your like wallet number, your like blockchain ID on the first date or the second date? Like, at what point is it appropriate? I did not. You know, it's one of those modern dating etiquette things that. Uh, <laughs> that's why we have Dan Savage. You need to ask Boston.com. So. After Tucson's tweet storm, TechDirt comes out and says they'd been suspicious of the parking ticket claims way back in 2017, but they decided not to run a story a contributor had drafted because, you know, they just didn't think they had it locked down enough and because Browder was just a college student at the time. But Browder responded in like a pretty suspicious, like blustery way back then when they were asking for data. So this has been like, this has been going on for a long time and and Browder just looks worse and worse. Um, Recently, he went on the Law Next podcast and it didn't go well. He calls the whole controversy a bit of a nothing burger. Um, 
<laughs> we'll include some timestamps and quotes in the show notes, but the cold open starts with Browder saying this. It's a ridiculous conspiracy theory to suggest that we have an army of people typing out every letter manually. The technology is so simple. I mean, at LegalZoom, everyone, they offer these letters. You, you know how simple it is. It doesn't make sense from a business perspective to have people typing out the letters. And that's honestly the only reason it went viral, because that's like a salacious allegation. It's just not true. And um, there's a reason that no one else has made it, because it was a very unique situation with someone harassing us, and we banned her. and. She's upset that she was banned and people can debate whether businesses have a, a, a obligation to not ban people. But I stand by people having to submit truth, truthful cases to do not pay. Wait, where is he from? He's, uh, I guess, London. I mean, I can't recognize the exact accent, but he's clearly not from around here. Where did you say he went to college? Stanford, but he, he spent a lot of time in London, so I guess he's from there, around there. Do you think he's from, like, wherever Andrew Tate is from? This is a strange accent. Not as strange as Andrew Tate. Come on, even Joshua Browder doesn't deserve to be lumped in with Andrew Tate. But <laughs> so what, what's, what's interesting about this, and I think illustrative, is he's responding to an argument Tucson never made. Tucson never claimed that every single... Um, legal document people sign up for on do not pay is like written from scratch by a human. She said that something weird is going on here and she suspects there's some level of human interaction. So he's taking a claim she never made and be like, Oh, that's totally ridiculous. Um, to me, my favorite part is when he tries to wriggle out of the whole thing with the charity donation. So this is a little bit of a longer clip. And in this clip, he's talking to, uh, I guess the host, Bob Ambrogi, Ambrogi, something like that. Tucson, uh, later claimed uh, that she had asked you for receipts proving you were doing that and that it looked like you had somehow modified the receipt. Uh, did, did you had, what, what's your, what's your response to that? Uh, my response is that the donation was made. She confirmed that the donation was made with the charity. The date, it doesn't make any difference. I, I, the right thing was done and the donation was made. And Well, the date makes a difference only because she, she's, she's making, she's portraying it that until you were sort of called on it, you weren't actually doing it is what more the allegation she's making. From my perspective, imagine you have someone who's very meticulous, very manipulative, going through everything you've ever written, thousands of tweets in the past eight years. And, and that's the best that she can find, that I actually made a donation, but it was the wrong date. I mean, you know, that's not exactly earth-shattering stuff. I think it's, it's kind of beneath do not pay. It's not even related to do not pay. It's kind of beneath even th this discussion. It's $500 donation that was made correctly. Everyone's confirmed it's been made. So it is what it is. Yeah. Well, good for you for making the donation. Yeah. Donation. I'm just saying she, what she's saying is not that you, you know, didn't the, the make wrong, it, but, but that you didn't yeah. do it. Yeah until she asked about it. And, and she's basically questioning, I think, your bona fides in terms of whether you were ever going to do it if she hadn't called you to task for it. Well, so, I did do it. Yeah, so. you did do it. Yeah. Did you do it? But you did it after she raised it or before she raised it? Um, I, I did it four minutes after. So, you know, I'm very quick to respond to feedback. When when something goes wrong, we really, we really make it quick. We're not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and had it been your intent to do it, anyway or or what did you do it yeah of oh, course yeah. this this yeah. whole thing it was five hundred dollars yeah you know. yeah I, I love how at the end he's like it's just five hundred dollars <laughs> of course i was gonna do it it's only five hundred dollars uh nobody's perfect katie he was quick to respond to the feedback <laughs> feedback of someone saying he basically lied uh, he pivots that's what they pivoted. call in the, in the startup world a quick it's a pivot. hard pivot a, a rock hard pivot um the next episode of this podcast, I have not listened to. Tucson actually went on, so that would be interesting to hear her side of it. Um, 
Again, a link in the show notes. So the uh, final most recent update in the story came at the beginning of March. Courthouse News reported, quote, the world's first robot lawyer has been practicing law without a license, doing a pretty poor job of it to boot, according to a putative class action filed Tuesday in San Francisco Superior Court. So the uh, lawyers involved don't yet know how many people will be involved in the class action suit, but they say they've uncovered evidence that do not pay is profoundly dysfunctional. I'll read a bit more from the article, which is mostly quoting from the legal complaint. Quote, one customer who posted an online review used Do Not Pay's legal service to dispute two parking tickets. According to his account, his fines actually increased because Do Not Pay failed to respond to the ticket summons. The customer then canceled his account, but Do Not Pay continued to charge a subscription fee. End quote. The plaintiff says in the complaint, back to the quote, Do Not Pay service then reversed another customer's arguments in her parking ticket dispute. Where she had intended to argue she was not at fault, do not pay services instead admitted fault, and the customer had to pay a resulting $114 fine, end quote. Lead plaintiff Jonathan Feridian, who has used do not pay for several legal services, says he discovered demand letters he had drafted through the app never made it to their intended destinations and were instead returned to his address. Quote, upon opening one of the letters, Feridian found it to be an otherwise blank piece of paper with his name printed on it. As a result of this delay, his claims may be time-barred, end quote, meaning he won't be able to make those claims. Uh, Katie, I have one question. Who could have seen this coming? Oh, you mean other than everyone? Yes, other than everyone. No one, I guess. That is more or less the story of Joshua Browder, an amazingly shady figure who sums up a lot of what's wrong with uh, this very dumb century. For anyone... For the thousands of listeners, I should say, deeply worried about how Joshua Browder is doing, I've got some great news. Two days ago, NBC's Today Show uh, featured Browder in a segment about AI, uh, presenting him and his story with total credulity. Here's a clip. Some companies are even using it to try to save you money. Tell me how much AI has changed things. AI has leveled up. And what you can do by 10x. Joshua Browder is the founder of Do Not Pay, which has helped people challenge parking tickets and predatory subscription fees for years. Now, the company is sicking AI on your bills. So I am watching a robot-on-robot battle right now. Exactly. His AI battles an AI customer service agent and then wears down the human one to fight for significant savings. $100. We went from a $20 discount to a $100 discount in seconds. Even as the creator of the technology, sometimes I'm surprised. I'm surprised by how well this is going. The same system can even fight medical bills. We saved a consumer $8,000 yesterday. There was just no skepticism or pushback on any of this, including that $8,000 claim, which I think at this point it's fair to ask whether or not that's true, because a lot of the stuff he said uh, he's provided no evidence for. So you you think that the Today Show just repeated this guy's claim <laughs> without looking into him? Are you saying that? It's shocking. Katie, what do you, what do you extract from this sordid tale? Don't trust anybody. Don't believe anybody. Nothing is real. Don't believe in anything. Uh, Except yeah, Barpod. And uh, if you get a parking ticket or a speeding ticket, what did you say? A speeding ticket? I, can, I need to kidnap the police and make sure that he doesn't come to court the next day. The um, I, I think we're past the era of peak fawning coverage of tech bros, but this was like a really bad example of it, especially the way The Guardian covered it, where they don't appear to have asked for any evidence yeah. for this claim that this 19-year-old affected the outcomes of hundreds of thousands of parking tickets. Um, yeah, in some of the cases of... The most famous cases of just absolutely credulous tech uh, coverage of, of the tech industry would be Theranos. You know, Elizabeth Holmes is going to prison. She's yes. leaving the baby at home. Maybe you'll see her there, Jesse. Yeah. You're in a women's well, prison, right? And you, 
Dude, and there's an interesting par- there's an interesting parallel here because I think Tucson's theory that the reason those documents got delayed, she thinks that it was just like a very simple automated create a template of a document and then they had like humans editing it. Um, do you remember what happened with Theranos with the blood testing? Yeah, there's some real parallels there. They were supposed to have this amazing technology that would test for an array of diseases with or conditions with one drop of blood, and instead their lab techs were using existing technology. In this case, other companies' lab testing equipment to test these vials of blood. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing. Saying, Our AI technology produces these documents, and then someone literally just tried to create the documents. He promised the program could, and they weren't produced. Um, I also left out, Tucson accused him of like literally fraudulently altering the donation date on the receipt uh, to make it look like he made it in December rather than January. So that's a, just Oh, that's thing. bad. Yeah. Um, It's also interesting because like that whole tech bro ethos of move fast and break stuff, it sounds so – Yeah, and like no matter the consequences. (laughs) Not just no matter the consequences, but it's like like, it's so naive to think that you can tech your way out of something like the weaknesses of the American legal system. Obviously, like in certain Mm -hmm. ways you can for simple automated stuff, but the audacity of a 20-something – saying, yeah, we're just going to have our AI system try a Supreme Court case. There's a level of such hubris there that it's hard to even wrap your mind around. Yeah, this is something I've been thinking a lot lately in terms of this this ongoing AI revolution. As you mentioned, chat GPT-3 is now chat GPT-4. Have you... I think it's just called GPT-3, not chat Have you messed around with this one at all? Uh, No, I have not yet. I, I did sign up for some like upcoming... Google thing too called like Bard. I got that too. I said no, thank you. There's, there's, it's, it seems like this has all happened in the last week. Why'd you say no, thank you? Because I don't want AI to take over the world, Jesse. I don't really particularly want to be a part of this revolution. And you see, and it's hard to know like what is catastrophizing and what isn't catastrophizing. But like you see, technologists, people who work in this field, talking about the the, the, the potential negative outcomes of this tech. And that doesn't seem to be slowing anybody down. I'm really worried to the point that I'm crying and screaming that people are catastrophizing too much. <laughs> like, see it? Uh, AI couldn't come up with that hilarious joke. Uh, actually, I, could, I think AI could have come up with that joke because it wasn't hilarious. I continue to think that it would be a long way. Uh, it will be a long way before AI could affect like podcasters or authors. I do think there's like lower level editorial jobs where it will be, it's like already knocking at the door, writing press releases or simple letters and stuff like that. Did you see uh, Diplo gave a speech about a, um, he was at a- Is it Diplo or Diplo? I really it's don't know. It's Diplo. Really? Diplo? Okay. You think his name is Diplo? I, how am I supposed to know? I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> it's Diplo. He's famous. That's his name. And he was, he spoke at the funeral for a, there's a, uh, a cougar and or a mountain lion in Southern California. Do you know about this? <laughs> That's such like a famous California person yeah. thing. I, I, I sorry, I can't get lunch. I'm going to a cougar funeral. Yeah. So he was asked to to give a eulogy for this cat at this event, like five minutes before he was supposed to talk. And so he just asked GPT to write a speech, write a write a eulogy, I guess in the style of Diplo. He might not have even said that. There'd be more like heavy bass if they said in the style of Diplo. Uh, and the chat bot did it. He gave this talk. People loved it. They had like jokes and shit in it. Um, and I don't think anybody would have realized that he used the chat bot to AI chat bot if he hadn't made a video. Dude, this is for the LA Times. You will be remembered as the king of Griffith Park, said the DJ and music producer Diplo, who held a stuffed – the cat's name was P22, which is a horrible name – 
who held a stuffed P-22 under his arm on stage. The world has lost a magnificent creature, and the humans of Los Angeles have lost their chance to catch a glimpse of you in the wild. That's so basic. Why did he need... Uh, five minutes? Five minutes? You, you think you could write, write a eulogy for a cat you've never met in five minutes? So now I don't know if anything in the story is real. He made us more human, made us connect more to that wild place in ourselves, said Beth Pratt, a regional executive director for the National Wildlife Federation. It's all of this AI? Does the National Wildlife Federation exist? Do we exist? There's no way to know. That article was AI too? Does that article mention that he used a chatbot to write this? It does not seem to. So did that like come out after or was he open about it? Yeah, a video came. Yeah, he was open about it. He posted a or somebody posted a video of him like, all right, speech is done. Let's get on stage. Uh, well, the next time I go to a human funeral and I have to give a eulogy, I'll definitely uh, hit up ChatGPT. I'm going to do this for your funeral. Uh, I'm going to be. Uh, and I'm going to read your tweets. Katie, I'm going to be at your funeral. Bad news for you, pal. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, anything else on Joshua Browder or Mountain Lions or Diplo? I should be asking you that question. Jesse, anything else on Joshua Browder or Mountain Lions or Diplo? Diplo? Di- diaper? Uh, that's his. Uh, that's his name at the furry convention. I think I'm good, Katie. I'm gonna go to my the childhood pizza place where I've been going for well since my childhood. Oh, wow, since childhood pizza place is that what it's called? Childhood yeah. pizza place. It's called Jesse's Childhood Pizza Place. They renamed it. Nice. What are you doing the rest of the day? Editing this podcast. Oh yeah, thank you. <laughs> As always, we're produced with help from Tracy Woodgrains. Thank you, Trace, especially this week because there was a lot for him to sort of sum up and look into. Uh, we're also produced with help from the amazing and mysterious Lex. I'm Jesse Single, and remember, bleep, bloop, your honor, I object, I object, your honor. And I'm Katie Herzog, and also remember, the hard R stands for the worst slur of all, racist. <laughs>